Well, hello there, folks. Welcome to the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch to Podium. And this particular episode is our Austrian GP preview. Not the Styrian GP, the Austrian GP here this weekend. And here's what we've got in store for you. Firstly, we discuss, is this race going to be a repeat or a fresh chapter on its own? Secondly, we discuss, well, is the Red Bull fast only in the hands of Max Verstappen? Then we get to speaking more about Mercedes and their troubles of course, we have to discuss the midfield madness and finally, the drivers that we think that you should have an eye on for this weekend. So that's what to expect for this episode. Without any further delays, let's get right into this. Let's go for our Styrian GP preview. See, I've got it wrong again. It's the Austrian GP preview. I confuse myself. <laughs> Don't do that right now. Let's begin. So here we are, folks. Welcome back to the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits to Podium. My name is Somal Arora. You might know me from the driving force on Disney Plus Hotstar or Race Spot TV if you love your esports racing as well. And I'm joined by Kunal Shah, who used to be the marketing head of the Force India Formula One team, now works as a motorsport consultant to the VIA Sport Network in Norway. You know all this stuff. You already know what I'm talking about right here. But what we probably don't know here this weekend, Kunal, is what is it going to be like? We've already seen one race at this track. For sure, we saw a similar circumstance back in 2020. But is it going to be just about half as entertaining as that race was? Well, your guess was as good as mine or everyone, anyone else's Somil, I would say. And, uh, you know... The, the the bummer for me already before a single uh, lap has been driven this weekend is the fact that we could have had a reverse layout of the Austrian, uh, you know, being used <laughs> for the Austrian Grand Prix weekend. We could have actually even had the F1 sprint race this weekend. But money talks. And, you know, I, I believe Helmut Markle said that the reverse layout would cost a few millions of uh, euros and that's why they didn't do the reverse layout. And then the reason why the F1 sprint race didn't happen here was because the British Grand Prix organizers actually paid an extra fee to make sure that their race was the first one that hosted the F1 sprint race. So two big factors that could have definitely delivered a bombshell of a Grand Prix because, you know, the last one was a pretty much of a dud. But that said, there is actually a lot of things to look forward to, just like you and I were discussing before before recording this episode, Samuel. And I wonder if the C5 tire, the Pirelli softest compound, is what we are all pinning our hopes on, Samuel. I think it could very well be, you know. We saw in the last race that there really wasn't much experimenting you could do in terms of strategy maybe softer rubber, maybe quicker stints, maybe more aggressive driving. Who knows which way this is going to go. But there's also a special agenda on our cards here today, Kunal. And it's not something to do with the lead of the race or the winners of the trophy or anything quite like that. It's something that's going to happen after it. And seriously, I was overjoyed when I heard about that. So can you tell our viewers more about what our campaign is for this weekend on the Inside yes. Line F1 podcast and Bits the Podium? Absolutely, Samuel. And this is for all you millions of listeners out there. Very, very specifically. Okay, I got a forward on my WhatsApp, which said that let's vote for Kimi Raikkonen as the driver of the day for the 2021 Austrian Grand Prix. And why do we do that? Just so that we have the pleasure of hearing Kimi being called by Rosanna on the pit to car radio, informing him that he's the driver of the day. And 
guys, whatever it takes to get Kimmy on radio, we should do. So I'm going to be voting for him. And typically, I don't bother voting for the driver of the day, to be very honest. Okay. <laughs> But this time, I will make sure I vote for Kimmy or rather every race, I would just love to vote for Kimmy. And we've seen fan votes actually have weird drivers come up through the ranks of the driver of the day before Somal. we're not going to name anybody we're not going to tell which race we're not going to tell what you know what we're talking about of course you do but we've said it time and time again right kimi for president kimi for x kimi for y well here's the chance do it this weekend let's see what we get to do right now but before we get to discussing more about is this going to be a repeat of what we saw the last time out a small question who do you think kunal will be the first person to get a manscape lawnmower moment of the weekend There's going to be a lot of lawn to mow around. It's the Syrian hills, so there's a lot of grass around here. <laughs> you mean not the sheep that are probably mowing all the herding all the the grasslands out there? Not you know, the sheep. No. Yeah, it's 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 tough for me to not pick Nikita Mazepin or Nicholas Latifi for that example, right? Uh, but you know, exciting as it may be, anyone who delivers the entertainment this weekend will get popular, and definitely mowing the lawns is fairly entertaining, especially if it's with a manscape product. Exactly. Last year, Valtteri Bottas was the one who advertised manscape here. This year, who knows? It's going to be. But what I can tell you is that on your screen right now, you can see the promo code Prim Inside, and if you use that promo code, magic happens. What you get is a twenty percent discount on the checkout plus free shipping on all of Manscaped's products. Now that is magic, isn't it? That is the fun stuff with Manscaped that we're doing right now. So check that down with the link in the description below. But let's get to it. Let's not waste any more time. Is this race going to be a repeat, or is this going to be a brand new, fresh chapter? Now, many Kunal have already written off this race even before it's ever happened. Uh, it just happened on Sunday evening after they saw the Mustafa dominance and said, oh, "It's going to happen again. What's the point of coming back? What's the point of turning up? Is there a point in turning up? Because as we saw last year, the competitive balance can change within a weekend. Even though we may wonder, well, where does Mercedes find all the time?" I think there is definitely a you know point in turning up, but guys, before you turn up to watch the race, make sure you do your rain dance. I don't think we all did the rain dance enough last weekend, so the rain gods weren't as uh, you know giving as they usually should be in the Styrian Hills. And you know, Formula One's been playing up this unpredictable weather in uh, in 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 the hills of Styria for hmm. two weekends back to back. The rain hasn't arrived, so hopefully it arrives this weekend. Although the chances of it arriving are lower this weekend than they were the last weekend but this is also where i hope murphy's law comes into effect somewhere you know where the lower the chance of uh, rain arriving the rain actually arrives when we need it the most but on a more serious note you know i will tell you why i'm going to be tuning in i'd love to see if the competitive advantage that red bull has actually exists this weekend as well we've got new tires that are there we've got teams that are smarter in the last 12 months we've you know this is literally the fourth race that we're going to have at the red bull ring so lots of data that they have lots of tests that they would have done last week which they will either continue this weekend or you know try something else altogether and you know to me i just want to know is the gap going to be as big will mercedes be able to you know make some more changes and get closer will the battle actually be there or will max just run away with it all you know especially when it comes to extending his 
title mm. uh, chances. And there's a real chance it could shift up, you know, because the C5 compound, again, it's not been used very often as well, especially in this particular circumstance at this particular track layout. I'm not saying to get your hopes really right <laughs> up there, but there's a chance. Some teams work better with certain tire compounds. And if you come to think of it, how much testing time have they really got? Barely anything, right, this year. So I'm not sure if they have enough data as well, but their F1 teams, they're super efficient. I think on the whole, though, there's a good chance that we might see perhaps the gaps being slightly closer than before. But what I'm really intrigued is how Lewis Hamilton bounces back because it's been a few weeks since we've constantly been... Uh, well, I think I think this is one term that I learned from Ayaz Neman. I, I do that podcast with him. He's just amazing. We've created a great sense of hullabaloo around Lewis Hamilton. Let's put it <laughs> that way. He will bounce back. He will bounce back. But it's just become just that hullabaloo, chaos. It's just not being pointed in the right direction. Now... It would be a bit of a dumb question to ask, is that going to change? But really, we've seen Hamilton over the years, Kunal. The tougher the rival you give him, I think he just springboards back. And this just makes for a more compelling rivalry to add more context into a race that may seem like dead rubber at this stage. Yeah, that's so true, Somil. You know, To me, I don't really care who wins. Uh, I just want a battle. I just want you know two drivers, whether it's the same team or different teams or more drivers and teams involved in... Yeah the battle for the race lead and all the podium positions and so on. And we actually saw a Styrian Grand Prix, which was the one that happened, that Red Bull had that two-tenths of a gap, which was when, like I said, you know, the finer margin actually became very, very wide. So I'm hoping hmm. that the finer margins are, are back this weekend, Somil. And, you know, sticking to Mercedes, right? I'm also, on a, you know, in, on a lighter note, eager to see if they find something new to complain about right this weekend they've complained <laughs> about like we spoke about you know previous episode flexi wings and then the tire pressures and now lewis is still going on and on about those flexi wings and and you know will it be the exxon mobile fuel that you know mercedes is now going to complain about if again like i said it's on a lighter note but you know i'm i'm eager to see what mercedes is able to make of it because again we we've seen two conflicting uh, statements come out from the team. You know, Toto Wolf said on Sunday, we have no upgrades that are being planned. We're putting all the resources on 2022. And then James Allison turned around and said, yes, but we are not letting go of the championship that we could be fighting for in 21. So they are getting upgrades this season as well. So, you know, it just goes to show, do the two heads of Mercedes know what they're talking about? Possibly, yes. So could just be psychological games that they were playing? Maybe. But I'd love to see what their upgrades are going to be and how they sort of make that that progress coming in. And, you know, uh, something really interesting I read, and this is the technical side of Formula One that I love, is the new fuel that Christian Horner, you know, uh, credited for Red Bull Racing's progress was actually down to chemicals from the cosmetics industry. So just the wide array of technologies that you know formula one teams are able to bring to their battle on the track is incredible goodness i wasn't aware of that that is stunning f1 of course has learned so much from the aerospace industry from 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 aviation so many other things but cosmetics who would have known Again, F1 also gives back. We've also seen so many technical partnerships in that aspect, but that is beyond the point right now. What is on the point right now is that I think we should ring up Mr. Ula Kalinius. I think that's what his name is. He's a CEO of Daimler and tell him, uh, sir, I don't think the two people handling your racing department know what's going on right here. Major conflicting statements, right? Who knows which way it's going to go? 
But again, it goes back to the same point, Kunal, what Ross Brown mentioned in his book, Total Competition, that yeah, sometimes teams just often send out signals like this to play mind games, as you rightly mentioned. Political battles, just putting someone in the wrong footing. I don't know. Let's wait and watch. But there's also going to be a very interesting thing to watch out from Mercedes. What is that this time? You know, it's going to be whether this is the second race in eight mm-hmm. years when they actually didn't have the pace to fight for the lead of the race. And that's what Toto Wolff said. Again, going back to your point, you know, is mm-hmm. it mind games? Toto Wolff said for the first time in eight years, the Styrian Grand Prix was the first race they actually didn't have the battle. Uh, they didn't have the pace to battle at the front. You know, well, technically, I think even 2020 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix was one of those, you know, yeah. where Max and Red Bull just were out at the front yeah. and, and you know, t- took the win. So could this well be the, to- the second race, you know, in Toto's mind, at least when, you know, Mercedes don't have uh, the edge. And, you know, uh, again, on a f- slightly more sadistic note, people have been so bored with Mercedes and Hamilton's dominance that maybe yeah. they will just tune in to watch Hamilton and Mercedes being beaten. That could also be one of the reasons you guys could tune in for. I'll take that away very quickly, though, because I've had a few <laughs> friends of mine messaging me and telling me, oh, so what do we watch for? Max is dominating now. We know it's like domination has really had that impact on everyone for the last seven years that we can't watch anyone dominate now, even for a single year. But I wonder why. I wonder why, because even before this, Schumacher was dominating big time. Before this, we had uh, the Honda McLaren days of the past where they were winning every single race and Williams had their days in the past as well. It's not like it's an alien concept in Formula 1 that we're getting too worked up about it. But hey, let's just wait and watch, right? It may well not be a domination. It may well be something different. That is for us to wait and, wait and watch. So let's not sensationalize things, but let's discuss something more interesting. And it's a point that I've been wondering about for the last few days about Red Bull. Is that car really fast? in the hands of Max Verstappen. Now, hear me out for a second. The funny thing is, if Red Bull are supposed to be right up there in terms of the car, right, they could very well have the edge over Mercedes on the major picture. Then why is Sergio Perez not beating Valtteri Bottas? Again, the slow pit stop happened right there in Austria. There's a reason why. We know why that case is. But, but, but one might wonder, Kunal, that he just might need a bit more. Uh, because in this case, sure, he was bought in to be the second driver, not to be the major challenger to Max. But it always helps if you have two drivers fighting for the win. And since Baku, there hasn't really been that push up there. You know, it's interesting you say this. And this is where uh, drivers like Checo, Fettel, everyone who's made a switch to a new team will really appreciate having mm. two you know, races back-to-back at the same Grand Prix because they get to learn so much more about their cars, right? And mm. to me, I think Checo's, uh, Checo's been on the ball on Sundays, which is fantastic. And uh, he will definitely look to make his biggest qualifying improvement on the Saturday this weekend, because he's been there. He's done that before. He knows what the car is like. And that's where I'm eager to see him, you know, go and and do some magic uh, on Saturday as well. He's always, you know, if, if George Russell is Mr. Saturday, for me, Checo Perez is Mr. Sunday. He exactly. knows how to make the Sundays work. He knows how to remain consistent, make those tires work and get those big chunks of points. But you have a point, you know, uh, is the Red Bull fast only at the hands of Max Verstappen, given how Albin and Pierre Gasly have, you know, sort of struggled in the past and Checo is still getting there and finding his feet. But, you know, a Checo versus a Valtteri battle is what we are hoping will resume this mm. weekend because last weekend, I think Checo, maybe he could have 
got a podium finish had he not had that slow pit stop somil so all eyes on checo this weekend from me at least i've got a question for you though kunal it's something that makes me wonder a little bit more have we hyped him up too much after baku yeah i'm sensationalizing it i know i'm guilty for it but once a driver gets a win you really start to have different expectations of them now it in all fairness he did everything right in baku but it took two major unexpected circumstances to happen for him to get that win and so we've constantly pinned him up as someone who can beat lewis hamilton someone who can beat max but in all honesty i think it may have been counterintuitive for him because that i mean you expect to win to buy you more time but that win has just raised our expectations for sergio perez and whereas in actuality he's still getting to grips with it he's still understanding the car on saturday as he should right it takes time to do that so what's your opinion on say a side like this one where maybe Checo actually needs more time to get to the same level of Max. Of course he does, right? The two different drivers is coming in from different car altogether, but that win seemingly has changed something. It has, and for me that win has actually brought in a lot more positivity around him and the Red Bull racing camp because remember guys they've struggled with the number 2 driver for years now and increasingly it seems like Checo's the answer to that. So maybe he'll never race at the level of max verstappen and that's probably what red bull is also not expecting of him but he's already starting to be the rear gunner that max and red bull need he's starting to take points off mercedes and that's what they eventually mm-hmm. need if they want to get both the titles this year somel so to me the win has definitely done him very well and i think that's you know i i have a feeling they will extend him way ahead of our expectations for at least one more season next year I hope they don't do a Renault and give a three-year contract right away. Still baffles me as to why they did that. But yeah, I, I think maybe I'm expecting too much out of Sergio Perez because I mean, seeing what he's capable of, they all won the race wins, podiums, pole positions. But in actuality, he's just right there to be the rear gunner. He's doing that role perfectly well. He's doing that role very superbly. But some something inside is something so likable about Sergio Perez that wants to see him. that makes you want to see him and those race win junctures so that that's let's see which way that direction goes there's that but there's also more fun stuff in the midfield canal there is so much to watch out for in the midfield and the competitive balance here really is i wouldn't say a bit of an unknown but it's very intriguing because mclaren had a very good race weekend only on one side last time out it was only lando norris that did a good job daniel ricciardo struggled on the other hand fernando alonso did a good job for alpine and ferrari and leclerc obviously were on fire it's got me intrigued it goes back to the first point that is this race going to be repeat but in a different way because here the gaps are even smaller in the midfield if anything we could see more tumultuous changes happening right here in this particular part of the field I think it is going to be down to who actually gets their tires to work better and you know mm. uh C3 and C4 are a repeat from the previous weekend so that's going to be fun but you're right you know uh, uh Ferrari what can they do when it comes to uh you know the race weekend because they actually for once had a bad qualifying but a brilliant race so you know it was a reverse yeah. Ferrari weekend you know in the case of McLaren you've got Daniel Ricardo you know he was doing well till a power issue sort of caught him out and then i think somil you know esteban ocon you mentioned a three year contract he will be you know really itching to prove all his critics wrong and mm. i think i think we give a shorter rope to him because you know there are several other drivers who've had you know two or three bad weekends and we persist with them 
but suddenly Ocon's made this signing at the French Grand Prix, you know, two bad races, and we're like, should they have signed him for three years altogether? <laughs> so lots of movements in, in the midfield. And, you know, like I said at the start, the only thing in the midfield or only thing in the race I'm looking forward to is Kimi Raikkonen being the driver of the day, Samuel. I don't blame you at all. It's going to be good. By the way, Kimi Raikkonen recently got 99 in the F1 driver ratings in terms of experience. That I agree with. But George Russell, well, he's one of the drivers to watch out for this weekend. That's another point that we have to discuss right here. But the fun part is, Kunal, George Russell got 99 for awareness. Now, I know he's a driver to watch out for today, but I hope he's completely aware that his Williams car, well, I mean, aware of any problems in that Williams car because last time out he wasn't, then the pneumatic issue happened, took a lot away. How excited are you to see what he can do in this second running? Because I certainly am. There is that raw pace. We saw Williams being good in terms of race pace as well. So there's this genuine feeling of curiosity with that within me that wonders, well, are they going to be right there? Are they going to be somewhere around P8, P9 this time out? It could be a chance, you know? It could very well be a chance. You know, George Russell, if he sticks it up again in Q2, gets a higher qualifying position like he did last weekend, and he keeps running there. Like we spoke, you know, the dirty air was actually helping drivers sort of stay in positions even if they were out of place and that's probably what's going to help George Russell so definitely George is going to be one of the main drivers to watch for can he become Williams's 35th driver to score a point you know it'll be his first points in his three years in Formula One with Williams I know he scored points uh, with didn't he score points with Mercedes or did he retire from the race my my mind is blank okay I think he did not score points. That was the agonizing part that not only did he not get a win or a podium, he didn't even score points that weekend. I think that is. I know Sundaram will correct me. And he's not here for this episode for the stats preview. He's having a good time. But yeah, uh, that I think that's the one thing I think we have to verify. But I, I don't think he did. That's the agonizing part. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Williams is definitely somebody's a team that we'd all love to see on the mend, on the rise. And, you know, I'll put it this way. If, if, if uh, Williams becomes a team that could be, you know, looked up, looked up to in the 2022 regulations era, suddenly it opens up a, a more competitive seat for some other drivers to follow through. Right now, we don't really care who races for Williams, to be honest, right? But <laughs> we want uh, we want that to change. We want to care who races there as well. So that's something that you know I would I would definitely look forward to and. You know, I've made I've made a couple of notes. So McLaren are going to have the Tomorrowland uh, branding on their cars. So that's something that's going to be interesting to watch for mm-hmm. as well. And then uh, Matteo Binotto said that they're not focusing on beating McLaren, which to me is strange because, you know, all their fans are focusing on, you know, Ferrari beating, at least beating McLaren this, this weekend, Sobel. So I don't know what Matteo was saying. They're... I know what they're focusing on. They're focusing on Mercedes, Kunal, because recently Binotto came out with that very funny statement saying that Mercedes is having X or Y issue within the team that's distracting them. And everyone for a second said, boss, focus on your stuff first. Clear out your mess before clearing out Mercedes's mess. So maybe that's what their focus is. Who knows? It's, it's a bit crazy. It is. And I, my last point, and I'm going to go back uh-huh. to Checo Perez and you know Max Verstappen. So, Max Verstappen used the shark tooth diffuser and floor. There was a new floor and it had the shark tooth diffuser at the Styrian Grand Prix. And Checo Perez actually did not have that. So 
I, I wonder if, if both the drivers have the same equipment, just how much closer can Checo get at a race he's been at in the same car before. So that's, that's just so much to look forward to, guys. It's just about literally seeing every team and every team combination and all the rivalries. And, you know, as Somil and I say, there's Formula One, there's Formula McLaren, and there's Formula 1.5. Yeah. So it's literally just seeing uh, each of those classifications and picking the best stories out there. But lastly, Kunal, we've discussed Ferrari, we've discussed McLaren. There's one driver who was rewarded outstandingly in the new F1 2021 game. And I think that's largely because of internet hype. But let's also agree that he's doing a superb job. Who didn't do the same in the last race weekend because he got taken out. Pierre Gasly, or as that one funny video that we ended up watching saying, Pyre Gasly, Perry Perry Gasly, whatever <laughs> it was. But uh, Gasly could have a real shout here. I mean, there's a reason why he got a 90 there. Okay, I know it's completely based on something else, but he's been consistently showing the pace. Qualifying was superb. And I think Sundaram pointed out in his stats preview the last time out that Gasly has been consistently been qualifying in the top 10 and has been getting points since ever since Bahrain, basically, ever since he had a bad race there. That's a tremendous run of form. And this weekend, I mean, if he doesn't get taken out, uh, fingers crossed for that, the Alpha Tauri has looked pretty good, even with Sonora, by the way, you ended up scoring points the last time out for the first time since Bahrain. Yeah, I think the, the Honda Power cars are going to be the ones to watch out for. And I really hope that, you know, Pierre Gasly has a good race because just as much as we're praising Checo Perez, it seems like, you know, if they were to ever let go of Perez at Red Bull, the most mm. deserving candidate amongst all the other junior drivers is definitely Pierre Gasly. He's shown... Uh, that he's turned a corner and he's turned it really well. And we love this side of him, right? So that's that's pretty good. And, you know, before we end the show, Samuel, one last thing just to highlight how much Hamilton uh, and Mercedes are being pushed, right? At the start of the season, Lewis Hamilton said, I barely do 20 laps in the simulator all year long. And guess what's he, what he's been doing between these two races? He's been pounding those laps in the simulator. At least that's what, you know, James Allison said recently. So just goes to show how much he is also trying to get Mercedes back into a fighting position with the Red Bull racing cars. And maybe one day he'll start having his track walks as well, Sommel. Yeah, yeah, you got me right there. Think of exactly that. Lewis Hamilton not saying that he doesn't need to do track walks left and right and center, whatever it is, but he's finally putting in those miles. And that's what we love about Lewis Hamilton, right? Just the will and the ability to push beyond and find new gears. I'm pumped up to see what happens. But if Lewis is putting more time in the simulators, Lewis, uh, I know you have to start somewhere on iRacing. It's the rookie class. I'm still there. Give me a call when you're driving the MX-5s. I think it'll be a fun race. Teach me how to go cleanly at the exit of turn number one. But that's that. But a great weekend, hopefully, coming up, Kunal. Your Grand Prix Prediction League tips for everyone taking part. Uh, I think I'm going to still go for Verstappen P1, Hamilton second. And I, I think I'm going to go Perez third. What about you? Yeah, I think... Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez is going to be the new Verstappen, Hamilton, Bottas on the podium. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. There's that. But I hope you take part. Links to that down in the description below. Check that out. Check our partnership with Manscaped, where you can get 20% off when you use the code trim inside. But folks, that's that from us today. I hope you had a really good time listening and watching this episode See you on Sunday evening where we review the Austrian GPC. I did not make that mistake this time out, but it's fun. Thank you so much for being a part of this, Kunal. Thank you so much, folks, for listening to this one. See you there on Sunday. Bye.
See you guys and thanks Samil. Enjoy this race weekend.